Next time we sit on a couch because this is a little invasive. Hi, Q. What's up? How are you? Hello, Marielle. <laughs> Thank you for being here. Honor Thank you for here. making this journey Honor. all the way from Jersey to Queens. We're in Queens right now. Um, to anybody listening, uh, thank you for listening to another episode of Dance to the Music. Um, you told me you've listened to a couple of episodes. It's a podcast that focuses on dance within the big genre of dance music. And shout out again to Snipes and Ladies of Hip Hop for the space. And I say space because what you can't see on the camera, but and it's also beautiful. you can't see when you're listening. It's a beautiful space, a dance studio. And uh, like I just mentioned, hi Q. We got the wonderful DJ Q here. Who yes, we we Thanks tried for a minute, and we made it happen. No, thank you. And uh, yeah, so DJ Q is not just a DJ or a producer. He is a dancer as well. So this is going to be exciting. I'm excited. Um, this is going to be very interesting. But in the beginning, uh, the only thing I know is you're from Jersey. So if you don't mind um, telling us a little bit about yourself, like where did you grow up? How did you grow up? What's your background? And eventually, how did you get started or not, how did you get started in music, but more so, like, what is your first musical memory or your first musical story, so to speak? Well, I was born in Jersey, born and raised, still live there. I was born in a town called Passaic, New Jersey, which is next to Patterson, if anybody knows Jersey. And just raised there all my life mm -hmm. with some Latino, well, single household, single parent household, because my dad died when I was young. Okay. So I was raised by my mom. Uh, Latino from the Dominican Republic. Okay. I was born here, American, so we're the first generation American of my family. Uh, and just, I got into music first off with Spanish music because of my family, obviously. We would mm -hmm. travel back and forth to the Dominican Republic. And then when I entered school, that's when you get exposed to radio and this and that. So I was just, I just gravitated to music. Mm-hmm. Basically, and that's just what led me to the journey of where I am today. Okay, you got any siblings? One sister. One sister. Older sister. Older sister. Okay. She was into music too when we were young, but then she kind of just drifted away into her own business world <laughs> and stuff like that. I'm the one who stayed in it. Okay, and um, I don't um, date people. I try not to. Um, reveal the age and I don't even know your age but was that 80s 90s when did you grow up just so I have a reference as far as like what music kind of you grew up with well, luckily I'm not ashamed of my age <laughs> for me every year that you grow older is a blessing but that is I was true. born in the 70s mm -hmm. grew up in the 80s mm -hmm. so the 80s is where I got more in tune to American music you know what I mean yeah because before that I was just listening to what my parents listened to because I was too young mm-hmm so 80s. Okay. My 80s baby. Okay. And how did you so now if we if we can switch into like you say you're interested in to music in general but then how did you get into dance? It was just I don't know, man. I feel like when I was growing up the the whole neighborhood was into dance. Did it you break too? Yeah, that's where I started. So Same. we started with breaking, b-boying, but it was like everywhere. They did it where I live. So it was so common that it's not even, you know, it's normal. 
It's okay. not even special to some people that grew up there at that time. So yeah. that was the first hip-hop dance I was introduced to, was breaking. Mm -hmm. you know? So we did that. Then it, as time went on, it transitioned to the more hip-hop of what we know as today. And then from there into house and all, you know, all of that. Because right. I was a hip-hop dancer. Most house dancers from New York City were hip-hop dancers that transitioned into house, at least our generation of dancers, not like the generation before us, like the Lofters and the, you know. Can you hear me? Just want to make sure. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, definitely was a break. Mm -hmm. You say people from New York. Um, obviously, Jersey can be far to some, including myself. People from um, the tri-states, what I should right. say. However, tell us about when you say you were in Jersey, um, but... To my knowledge, a lot of people always traveled from Jersey to New York to go out specifically then, I'm assuming, in your late teens, early 20s. Um, how did that connection or, like, what is the difference? Like, it's part of the tri-state era, very similar, but there's still a significant difference. At least you can see a difference between Jersey and New York. What do you, what would you say there is a difference as far as, like, musically also going forward, but also, like, maybe dance-wise, that you noticed back then? Uh, I mean, musically, there's a difference just because New York is so big and it's got all kinds of things going on compared to Jersey. Jersey's not really like that. Jersey just likes a certain thing and it sticks to it. But mm -hmm. I wouldn't say there's a necessary, necessarily a difference because you'd be surprised when you do go to New York clubs how many people in that club are from Jersey or mm -hmm. from Connecticut. Or from Long, you know, not you. You would think they're all Manhattan or Brooklyn, and it's really not that way, mm -hmm. you know. So, I don't even look at it as a difference. I look at New York, Jersey, connect, like we're kind of like the same, you know. One we thing. all need each other in a sense. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. Okay. So, when did you, when did you start going out? Like what age? Going out for? I'm sure there's a big difference now. Going out from. Back then, when a lot of people were dancing versus to what is happening now. But I, I'm interested in your story. Like when My first going out was high school parties. Oh. I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that. That's where you start to get the interest of clubbing. So I started at high school parties. To, to fast forward, my first club in New York City, I was 13 years old. Because at that time, funny enough, you can get in. If you just, I don't know, looked a certain way and just worked. So a lot of people from my age group, if you speak to a lot of them, they'll all say, yeah, my first club in New York was around that age. So 13 years old is when I started clubbing for dance, mm -hmm. for music and dance. Wasn't thinking about no DJing, wasn't thinking about, I was just getting my foot wet mm -hmm. in the New York club scenes. Mm -hmm. So 13. That is crazy. I mean, well... I guess not. I kind of started when I was 15, 16, but 13 kind of sounds really young, right. you know, especially when you think about it today. Yeah, you I, would, I would go with like older people. Mm. They would go and they would bring me with them. And then we, it's a risk. Let's see if he gets in or not, you mm. know. And, and then what, what if, if you would have not gotten in? They just leave you, you on the street as a 13-year-old? No. <laughs> Everybody leaves. We all leave together, you know. Oh, okay. Well, that's good. Yeah. So, but yeah, luckily I was able to get in. Didn't have no idea or nothing. Just mm. would be able to get into the club and luckily for me that's how I got to experience a lot 
And it gave me a lot of knowledge that I know today, you know, from seeing what that was. Because clubbing at that time is way different than it is now, you know, in New York City. Yeah. Which I can only speak about New York because at that time that's all I knew. But, mm. yeah, I, I feel blessed that I was able to get into clubs at that time. Now, being 13, it doesn't mean I was there every week, obviously. <laughs> yeah. But maybe once every two months I was able to go somewhere. So okay. that was a blessing. That's crazy. And you just said you traveled with, you know, friends or all the people from Jersey. And then so you had your I don't I don't know, maybe you had your crew in Jersey or like you have your people that you danced with in Jersey. And then how did you connect with the people from New York or the people just in the club that are from different places? You did you meet them right away through dancing or how did you guys connect? Because the reason I'm asking, because the store as the story goes um you eventually became part of Dance Fusion crew, Correct. which um, I let you tell the story because I'm, I wasn't there, right? But I just heard the story. Right. Um, yeah. Well, the people that I connected with in Jersey, for some reason, I was always the youngest out of the crew. So I was 13, and the people I were I was hanging with was 15, 16, 17, 18, and in Jersey there was about maybe five of us who formed like a dance troupe mm -hmm. and then there was different dance troops in just that one city and through the I was the youngest of the dance troupe so the oldest one was already like going to New York going to different hip-hop clubs he knew all the styles of New York he would come back and show us things so we were just more like a community we all lived next to each other somebody dated someone's sister and it, <laughs> it was just like that when I started going to New York, that's when I started meeting, like, a lot of the Dance Fusion members because you can only find them in New York. None of them was really clubbing in Jersey. Jersey didn't really have clubs like that for dance. Mm -hmm. So when I started clubbing in New York, I think the first club I went to where I seen not all the Dance Fusion members, but some of them was probably Kilimanjaro's. I don't know if you ever heard of that place. Yeah. I think there's like a popular dance contest on YouTube. Yes, and I've watched it recently again. That is one of my favorite spots of all time, which is funny. Shout out to Danny Crivet. I was talking oh. to Danny Crivet about how that's one of my favorite spots. Oh, dope. And then he was telling me how he used to do parties there, which I didn't know because I was going to either the Wild Pitch parties that would be there or Basil mm -hmm. would do something. So that's where I started seeing different People from Dance Fusion. That's the first club where I seen like Shannon, Which Way Shah, Khalif, mm -hmm. uh, Ejo, all of them was at Kilimanjaro. Okay. Yeah. Okay, dope. And then as time went on, you keep seeing them in different clubs and you just get to know them little by little, you know? Mm -hmm. yeah. And how, what was the moment or how did, quote, it's not like you meet them and be like, oh, let's all be a crew. Like, how did you guys yeah, decide Dance Fusion it? came later, oh, like way by the I knew them before I was in Dance Fusion. Because Dance Fusion originally, if my, if my mind recalls me right, was Sekou, Khalif, and Justice. You know Justice? Yeah, I know Justice. So it was them three who formed Dance Fusion, I remember, because that was at the mm. time that we was all going to Japan. And I think okay. they were going to Japan for a show, so they got together and called themselves Dance Fusion. At that time, I was rolling with Brian Green. And I think as time went on, Sekou and Khalif, they're the ones who started bringing in people who mm -hmm. can be in Dance Fusion and who could not. And luckily for me, I got selected, <laughs> you know. 
<laughs> you you yeah. make it seem got like to do some shows lucky. with them. And no, nah, they're they're big inspirations to me, mm-hmm. man. Those guys are really man. They are. We were dancing in Jersey, but when I went to New York and saw them dance, I was like, all right, see, this is a whole different level now. You got to up your game. Yeah. So shout out um, to the Dance Fusion crew. Yeah, I'm still looking for some footage to find Q dancing. I there have is. There was one. There was one on YouTube. Did you take it down? Or whoever put it up, there was one what? on YouTube that um, had you and. Um, I see Dance Fusion. I don't remember exactly who was dancing with you at that time. But there is a video somewhere floating around on the internet with you dancing. Um, like I think it's Central Park, like kind of summer stage situation. Uh, summer stage for Louis Vega. Yeah. yeah so show with Louis Vega. There's also one, uh, a show in Japan with Brian, me, Joey. Who else? I think there's even one with Shannon was with us. Mm, okay. Selby. I have to do a yeah. dig, the deep dive. There's not too many of me. As far as me, the footage that I have, I have them all. <laughs> and I'm keeping them all. Damn. They're all stored and locked away. Oh, now. damn. Wow. So when I'm, I'm guessing based on the what I know as far as timeline-wise, I'm assuming that was late 90s, mid-late yeah. 90s, right? Exactly. Um, and then the next thing, well, I'm going to say, I heard your name way before I actually came to New York because Marjorie used to, who's also a member of Dance Fusion, rest in peace. She was also teaching in Vienna. That's how I met her. And she obviously mentioned dance house dance conference and mentioned your name. And so I knew of you, but I didn't meet you until I, number one, I wasn't in New York and I haven't didn't meet you until later on. My question now with that reference is, how did you go from dancing in the clubs also and then later doing shows and being part of Dance Fusion? How did you get into DJing? Because you were, I guess, a resident DJ of the Party House Dance Conference. Yes. Maybe I should back up and say, or ask two questions in one. Also, what is House Dance Conference? And what it meant and what what it still means to you i know that was a lot but maybe you can unpack it (laughs) step by step we just gotta hope i remember here so cut me off i'll remind you on the tantrum but no let's go into DJing djing first yeah so my cousin who was a dj he used to go by the name of dj madlock we still laugh about that but He's the one who had equipment and stuff. So this is like when I was 13, basically. I was dancing, and he would be the ones buying vinyl and stuff, all the latest house music and all that. And I would just go by his house, and him and he had a partner. It was like a team. They would just be at home DJing. I used to just be watching them. Used to have the turntables in the – well, at that time, they would put turntables in – they look like caskets. I forgot the name of those things. Not the those travel metal, cases. Those metal, those yeah. metal ones. Yeah. I used to look at it, man, that looks so pretty, man. <laughs> uh, it does, though. I never though. had money to afford any of that. So I would just watch them. They would record me tapes, and I just was interested in it. And then maybe, like, when I hit the age of 15, 16, uh, a friend of mine in high school, we was in night school together because I, I was clubbing so much that I started do, doing bad in school. Uh-oh. <laughs> Forgive me, Mom, but... <laughs> And I connected with this dude in night school, and he says, oh, yeah, I got turntables and stuff. I was like, really? He's like, yeah, let's go to my house. Went to his house. I saw his turntable. I was like, wow. 
And then from there, just started with him. He would let me come over and play. And that's when I got into the thing of DJing. And finally, I got to the point where I was able to get my own stuff for my house. Mm-hmm. And boom. Oh, dope. It takes so, flight from there. So uh, that means that when you were dancing or like really heavily into dancing, you already were DJing as well. Yeah. Definitely. So I was DJing in the 90s, yeah. Got it. Okay, cool. And then how did, not just you started actively practicing but how did you get into playing out so did you play in jersey also before so i started playing in jersey playing just anywhere really anywhere that would let me play no money involved Mm -hmm. just played a few bars in jersey we had a little party at a bar at in the city where i grew up in then we started doing a little residency in hoboken new jersey Mm -hmm. Then I actually got a radio show at a college in Patterson, New Jersey, William Patterson College. We did that for a couple years or so. And that's how I got my, you know, baby steps into learning how to play. Because it's one thing to DJ at home, and then it's another thing to now you got to present it to a crowd of people. Mm -hmm. And then in about 1999 is when... We decided Brian wanted to do the house dance conference and then dance fusion together. We all decided, let's do it. And that's where 99 started. And I became one of the residents along with P-Funk, Shan S, and Ron Paisley. Mm -hmm. Were you, when you started uh, playing out, were you playing um, different genres or were you always just playing house music, house or like electronic techno kind of? Yeah, music. at the house dance conference, we mainly played house. That, yes. That because we had a floor for classics and hip-hop and mm-hmm. all that. So it, it wouldn't make no sense mm-hmm. if we were doing the same thing upstairs. Mm-hmm. So we stuck to house and some techno mm-hmm. in, the house, in the house room, which the house room would change. One month it'd be upstairs, next month yeah. it'd be downstairs, depending on. What was going on? Did mm-hmm. you ever go to the house dance? Yeah, conference? my when first did you one. Come to New York. My so I don't well, know when you I moved in '04. Oh, okay. But I visited in '02, oh, so okay. I did get to catch to a couple. One, yeah, it was I forgot the name like Demarara. Demarara's, yeah. Planet Twenty Eight, yeah. Um, so we did house and techno on the floor. We was yeah. that's what we were known for. Yeah, and that's basically what I played. And when you ask what does the house dance conference mean to me? I don't know if people will agree with what I'm about to say, but it's the epitome of what I see going on today. That is the root of what I see going on when it comes to dance contests. Because nobody was doing that at that time. We were the only ones. That party was specifically by the dancers for the dancers. Right. Parties for people to come dance contest for the dancers everything was catered for the dancers Mm -hmm. so to me that is what sparked what i see today going on Mm -hmm. on youtube obviously everything i see going on around the world whether people know it or not you know because not everybody knows the history yeah conference sparked what i see okay yeah what i see in dance today for sure. And yeah. I, I and I know for sure, like, not just me, but I know a lot of people from everywhere they came to visit. Well, you know, that's what's going to be my next point. Now that I see some videos of the parties back then and I see the faces that were in the crowd, I was like, wow, so they were there. And I didn't even, <laughs> I didn't even know, I didn't see them. And they're yeah. not from New York. They're in, 
And now they got this going and that going. I was like, wow, mm-hmm. look at that. Yeah. More no. confirmation that, yeah, the conferences will, it sparked something special. Yeah. My question, as far as, again, going back to your DJ journey, was I, I can't imagine that if you play bars or like, you know, local venues kind of thing, you play a certain, maybe more open format if that is even a word not even open format but just like can't go like crazy deep I would assume but then what I heard you um play at house dance conference that is very unique sound and I know it's very I, I don't know and I don't like to put labels on the sound but for people to maybe understand it's very deep very grimy very um, not a lot of vocals. So how did you, if I can say that, develop your sound? Or how did you kind of got into that? Um, well, when I was playing bars and stuff when I started, I really didn't even understand what was, you know, play for the crowd. You know, I was just playing the music I liked, mm-hmm. probably doing the opening slot, you know, not even really doing no mainstream set time. So... Mm-hmm. I didn't even have a concept of you're supposed to play this certain way if the crowd looks like this. or the, I don't know. I would just play the music I was collecting. Mm-hmm. And um, I would say that... Uh, remind me your question. You said... Just how do you... How did I develop the style that you heard when you went to the conference, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So that's another thing I would also say about my generation is that when we were coming up, Music wasn't so segregated like it is now. Mm. So you would hear a song like, let's say, Carrie Chandler Deeper. Do you know that song, Carrie Chandler Deeper? Mm-hmm. And then the next song would be Tyree Cooper Acid Crash. Oh, okay. Which in today's times, you'll be like, this is techno. This is, you know, they'll break yeah. it up like that. But at that time, it wasn't like that. Everything was the same. So that's why I have that style of playing. Mm-hmm. I'll play something that they'll consider soulful or something right. that they'll consider techno or something that they'll consider hard or soft. I like to play it all together because that's the era I came up with. And a lot of people from my time, that's how they view music. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until the 2000s that it started becoming this separated way of thinking about dance music. Mm-hmm. In the 90s, it was all the same. You would go to a party in the 90s and they would play house, hip-hop, reggae, all together. It was just... Mm-hmm. That's how I was. So, yeah, that's why I guess the style, especially if you're someone who got into clubbing in the nine, like late 90s into 2000, then you would hear my style and be like, yeah, that's kind of super deep or it's super, I don't know. It's not the shelter sound, mm-hmm. what they think the shelter sound is, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's because of the time and era I came up with. Mm-hmm. Shout out to DJ Disciple. He was a big inspiration for me, DJ Wise, when he had his radio show. And if you listen mm-hmm. to his show in the 90s, if you heard it today, you'd be like, man, it sounds like he's playing house and techno and cla- all together. But that's how music was. Mm-hmm. It didn't sound weird to us back then. This, it, that's how it was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. You know? So that's what made my sound what it is, my era, my upbringing. Uh-huh. What do you think is the reason why I became or started to become segregated or like think know. thought of as in specific genres or different styles rather than just all together? I don't know. I wish I had an answer <laughs> to that. I don't know. 
And I don't know why anyone would would do that. I mean, I re- I know I, I watched your podcast. I just I can't remember who you were speaking to, but I know you you asked them, or you were telling them that certain DJs travel, and when they come back, they might bring like a new sound mm-hmm. from. And I was saying to myself, they probably heard something new, but it's all kind of the same. Even though it's like not, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, if you, if you go to Europe and you find a nice record here in Europe and you come and you play it at the shelter, everybody's going to be like, it's just so opposite of what we're used to. Mm-hmm. But it really isn't. <laughs> in my mind, it's all the same thing, you know? Yeah. It's just, do the people accept it or not? Mm. So yeah, I don't know if I answered your question, but no, I view music in uh, you that didn't, way. But it's the, all the same. I think it's, um, I don't think the question at this point, I'm asking the question because I want to know too, like why did it become sep- uh, segregated, if I can say that word. But also not just in music and dance is the same way. You right. know, we. one of my further questions is like why, um, you know, why are people not dancing anymore? But right. that's a whole different different topic where I was going to get into a little bit later. Um, but you just touched on when you buy, a, you mentioned when you buy a record in Europe and you bring it back, it might not it sound the same and people here. might not, uh, people might not accept it the way they accept it in another city or in right. another country. Um, how? But they also look at it like it's different. And to me, it's not different. Mm. I mean, to me, this, this is probably going to fi- sound funny, but I didn't even know the genre techno to like maybe the late 90s. I thought techno was house music. I didn't know techno was like, like when you would say techno, I was thinking like this fast, really Euro sounding music. I didn't realize that they were referring to music coming from Detroit because I always thought that was house music because it sounded the same. Mm. Yeah, so that just shows you where my mind is with it that I didn't even know techno to like the internet came you know what i mean i just looked at it as the same music yeah yeah but it's also it's also interesting to hear because then we get into a conversation of what people think wrongly think uh techno originated in europe in germany rather than in detroit where you say or you were always aware that the music itself like that's the same that's the music from here right but because it's maybe some people associate it so much with the European sound that they make it something else, and Mad. it's it, not. But it starts to yeah. turn into something that it's not. Exactly, yeah. yeah. But I, I mean, you got to remember, at that time, there was no internet. There was no phones. You're hearing the music the DJ played. You don't know where it's coming from. Mm-hmm. You don't know who produced it. You just like the sound, and you look at it as all together, you know? Right. So luckily for the Internet that it started giving out the information, which is important, you know, give credit where it's due. Right. We need that. But, yeah, to me it's all It's music. Thing. Yeah, it really is. House music, mm. shelter, soulful music that they call, Detroit techno. Uh, I, to me it's all, it's very, it's the same music in a sense. Mm-hmm. 
So you basically, there's only two, you got the good music and you got bad, bad music, exactly. right? Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. That, that makes sense for sure. How You put it way better than I could. Well, no, I mean, I'm wondering, because in my head I was like, well, I'm sure there must be something that you don't like, you know, when you right. hear a certain, not just a specific record, but like a certain sound and you're like, nah, that's not my cup of tea. Right. So that's how I also differentiate. This is yes, this is no. Well, you just also asked, how did the music get separated? And I really don't know. But like I said before, the people that were like from my age range that were into the music at the time, mm -hmm. they all feel, well, not all, obviously, because there's always an exception to the rule. But mm -hmm. for the most part, we all view it the same way. It's the same. It's all the same thing. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, how did you or not how, yes, how, but also when did you then start to DJ internationally? Like you mentioned, we, we got, we talked about the house dance conference, right? And this was your residency, so to speak. And then I'm assuming you played different other venues in New York, but then how, how did you get started playing somewhere else outside of New York or New Jersey? And then eventually in other countries? Uh, I think, well, I think I know, but what got me traveling abroad was when I started the my record label, Strength Music Recording. Mm, talk I about got into production. Okay, yeah. let's put that in there, right, right there. Yeah. If you want to tell yeah. us about that. So I, well, I wanted to start doing music a while back, but I just couldn't because I didn't have the funds to. But then finally, in 2005, I was able to start a record label. Mm -hmm. And I, my intentions was to start a record label because at the time, usually you would try to shop your music to a label, whether it's Strictly Rhythm. Mm -hmm. But I just knew what I was doing wasn't going to work for them. So I just said, why even bother shopping it around? Just do it yourself. Mm -hmm. So I started the label in 2005. It took a few years for it to really pick up. So if you, if you look up the label, you'll see different people write that it started in 2008. 2009, because that's when people finally got to hear what I was putting mm -hmm. out on the label. But that's that was my calling card to get, in, you know, internationally get looked at, mm. and that's what started the so your traveling DJ. You say more so your production got people got. recognized to book you somewhere right. else. Okay. So being that I was already a DJ, mm -hmm. I can be booked. You know, you yeah. can actually book me to go play somewhere because I knew how to DJ. Mm -hmm. Before I knew how to make records, you know, so yeah, but it was the records. Okay. So anyway, I get that question a lot. What should someone do to try to get, you know, bookings, more bookings, and travel? And I'm sure there's different ways to do it. You know, it's not the same for everyone. Mm -hmm. But for I can only speak on how it happened for me, mm -hmm. and it was making records, getting your music out there. Mm -hmm. It's really more easy to get your music out there today than it was when I started, which is a good thing and sometimes a bad thing because now you're really competing against a lot of people. Mm -hmm. But that's what worked for me. Mm -hmm. yeah. And as far as what you um, produced and are still producing, um, did you always have a certain sound in your head or knew what you wanted to make? Or were you in the beginning just trying to things out as so like oh let me see what I can you know because I've yet to well I shouldn't say that because I was gonna say I've yet to hear a soulful vocal track from you but and that doesn't mean anything you might have put it out and I don't know it um, have you heard the record I did with Pevin and Josh see 
I think I've heard it one time before, but it slipped my mind. Okay. So there I go. I mean, I don't do soulful stuff. Corrected in the traditional me. <laughs> New York City shelter soul. Yeah. But to me, soul comes in a lot of different ways. Exactly. You know, techno exactly. Techno has soul, you know. So absolutely. It's uh, it all depends. Yeah. But, but uh, my question was more so like, how did you again not develop your sound, but like, were you very? You said. You, you always wanted to start your own label because you knew it didn't fit with other labels. Right. So you already had a certain idea of what you wanted to put out? Well, no. I started making... So I, I started my label in 2005. So I would say around 2002 is when I started mm -hmm. production. Okay. Once I got comfortable in learning and actually had some tracks that I liked that I wanted to release... Mm -hmm. That's when I looked at the market and I was like, yeah, nobody's going to really mess with this. And that's why I did it myself. But I didn't have, like, I have my taste of music of what I like. Mm -hmm. So the music I was going to produce is what I, is my taste of music. But I didn't have, like, a preconceived idea. I'm going to start making records. I'm going to make them like this. Okay. No, okay. Yeah. No, Got it wasn't that way. I just went in the studio. And at the beginning, you're dealing with a learning curve. Mm -hmm. First, you got to learn to use whatever it is that you decide to use for music. Yeah. And then after that, once you get comfortable with that, that's how you'll start finding your sound. Okay. Yeah. Okay, cool. And um, when you started then through your production, right, and you started to travel more and more intensely, and you, to this point, to this day, you're still traveling a lot. Um, how did your perception change as far as, like, hearing music in different um, countries and cities, but also, like, seeing the dance floor. What, I'm not saying what was your eye-opening experience, but more so, like, what kind of differences did you notice um, oh, compared, wow. <laughs> <laughs> compared, to, compared to New York? Yeah, I mean, uh, to, the best way I can put it is that every country has its own story. Mm-hmm. No two countries are alike. So you expect to see what you, where you're from somewhere else, and they have a whole other approach to what it is. Mm -hmm. But I, I was able to be put on a lot, I mean, so much. I'm very grateful that I can say I kind of, I see the world and dance, how it operates now, mm -hmm. you know, where before I was traveling, I just knew, what was going on in New York, mm -hmm. you know? Now, yeah, everybody has their story. The New York story is not the French story. Oh, no. The French story is not the German story. And that's, the, that's something people got to start to learn, like, understand about, mm -hmm. you know? If you're a traveling DJ from you do your thing, because that's all you can do. You tell your story. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, I'm, I'm grateful that I was able to understand that everybody has their, their truth mm -hmm. to the music. Right. Yeah. Um, one thing that I wanted to ask earlier, which I just remembered, um, even though you, your journey of, like, DJing and dancing kind of simultaneously, right, but I was wondering how your transition mentally or emotionally was from like, okay, I know, I know all this music as a dancer, but now I'm actually playing it um, and playing it for dancers. Was there something that specifically like caught your attention and made you aware of things that you didn't were, were, weren't aware of when you was just on the dance floor, but now you're actually playing the music for other people? If, if you remember uh, anything that... Things that I've... Mm, Oh, no, it just I was mean, so I natural just, to yeah. you that just like, oh, this yeah, is just lovely. Go do what you do. 
some people are gonna like it, some people mm. might not. But you, what can you do? You know, yeah, I, that's true. I, there's a lot. I have a lot of DJ idols in my head that I looked up to coming up, and learn what you can from them, and then just do mm. your thing. Yeah. Did you have a mentor at some point, or was I wouldn't say not, uh, not a mentor, no, mm-hmm. but. A lot of DJs that I listen to, like DJ Disciple, he was super important for me coming mm-hmm. up in the beginning, listening to his radio show. You know, later on, Louis Vega, he's like a big inspiration to me mm-hmm. coming up in the Sound Factory Bar era. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, just by being on the crowd, dancing, hearing what they're doing, mm-hmm. that's you learn that way. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Um, I want to talk about the dance floor as a whole like what's the word I want to use entity so to speak um since you're one of the people also who know it from both sides um and you've talked already about how it changed and how the New York dance floor influenced the whole world basically and how it transformed into um dance competitions and um you did you were part of this video recently from resident advisor mm. Um, which number one, I'm interested to how did they approach you of like, we want to talk about dance yeah. or exactly like that. Exactly like oh, that. okay. Interesting. So whoever were, whoever was the one that, um, RA shout out to you because yeah. <laughs> people usually, I was, even I was yeah. in shock, like, oh, this is good. People usually don't want to talk about dance or didn't even, they know. even know. Exactly. They know. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, that, and I'm glad that they got you and, um, Khalif and Tone and also shout out to Christine who was who was um, talking about it in the video. Now, with all that in mind, what is something that you've noticed and not dance competitions aside, more so like club clubs, right? And venues and people just party goers in, in general. What is something that you've noticed, something that you think of as a positive change, something that of a negative change and what you would like change and what you even think it's possible to change if, if uh, again, five questions in no, one. No, I mean, to make it simple, I, I just think that there's different types of dance floors. Mm-hmm. So we come from the dancers' side. Of the, those are the type of dance floors we prefer. Mm-hmm. There's people that don't like those type of dance floors, the way we dance, because the way mm-hmm. we dance is with... A lot of space. Skill... But it's skillful dance. It's competitive dance, too. There's love, of course. Uh, there's some dance floors, they don't like that. They just want to, you know, they're just there to have a good time, two-step. So I just, I respect everybody's space. Mm-hmm. You know? if, if you ask me my ideal dance floor, yeah. Sound Factory Bar in the 90s. All right. If so you who- were there, you know, if you weren't, it's hard, it's hard to put it into words. Well, damn, I was just trying to... <laughs> Trying to get you to explain it because I mean it was just a dance floor with dancers, just regular party goers, industry people. Just it was just electric, man. Really, mm. I, and you know what's so sad? I always say when it comes to Sound Factory Bar, there is no videos of the club. Really, it's only one video I seen from you know Video Music Box, right? Ralph mm-hmm. McDaniel's. Yeah. He had did a little special where he came to the club and recorded some footage with Tony Humphreys and mm. Devin Morales when they were playing one night there. And other than that, I don't see anything online Do you think to it, show what was going on there. It you know? was 
a certain because you just mentioned there was the dancers and there was the industry people like and I've heard this before where people said like it was always yeah the dancers were there but we had to wait until like later on the evening until it was not as crowded to actually really really get down or have a cipher because you know you have the exactly you Mm -hmm. have the quote-unquote the regular the party goers um do you think it was so great because there was the right combination of all of them and again going back to segregation Yes. I was going to say that just now. Segregation. It wasn't that segregated. Mm-hmm. So, you know, a Dance Fusion member was there partying with just a regular party goer. And in the same club, there was Todd Terry and the boss of Strictly Rhythm. And it was just some actor would just pop up. Mm-hmm. And we were just all together. And the music was phenomenal. And that the music is what made the music, the sound system is what created the atmosphere. Mm-hmm. That's the only way I could explain it. Where if was you were, if you were at Sound Factory Bar, that's my ideal dance floor. Yeah. Right Where was it located? Nineteenth Street, I think. Oh. Between fifth and sixth, if I'm not mistaken. Right down the street from Limelight. Oh wow. So okay. Limelight was in the corner, that big church, yeah. and if you walk down the street, it was right down there. Okay. Uh, I think the people who started the Sound Factory also opened that one and called it the Sound Factory Bar because it was like supposed to be a smaller version of the original Sound Factory, which was also a phenomenal club. Oh, okay. And I, Sound Factory Bar was every Wednesday nights. The underground network party is the mm-hmm. party I'm talking about because they had other nights too, Fridays, Saturdays, Sundays, but the Wednesday nights, magic. Mm. And there's something That's about Wednesday. it lasted for years. It lasted for years because it was magic. Oh, well, too bad. There's people oh, like there's me. There's a video of me performing there too. Did you have it, or is it on, oh, YouTube? It on YouTube? Yeah. Oh, okay. I just don't know who put it up, but there's a video of it's Marge, me, Brian, a friend of mine, Dominique, who doesn't dance anymore, and some J- Japanese dancers. We did a showcase. Oh, and that South is f- on that Wednesday? On yeah. Wednesday? Okay, so maybe the I got it. Underground Network Party. Google Underground I Network. I have to find it, because I don't know where it is on YouTube, but I know mm-hmm. I've seen it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Cool. See, this is the interesting thing where, and I kind of, it kind of reminds me of the days where there were no internet. You also had to look for things back then. You had to look for the right. VH for the tapes, and now for things like that, you have to actually look for the YouTube videos. Which right. is, it sucks that you can't find it as easily, but it also makes it a little bit more interesting and more rewarding for me when you actually find right. things. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um. Yeah, dance for segregation. Is there part of the question was like, do you think there's a way of, yeah, I don't know. Create that again? Creating that again? Yeah, I think that's possible, you man. Know? Because we don't, dancers but don't drink, we be, know that. I think in order to create that, it can only be created in certain places around the world. Not, not just, not everywhere, obviously. Mm-hmm. Just certain places. I could be wrong, but I think that can be created again. How, How about, that's the hard part, but... Do you think it can be created again in New York? Yes. Uh, New York of 2023? Yes. Yes. Totally. Mm. totally. The question is how to do it, but can it happen? Yes. Yes. So, yes, it can do it. Now we got to figure out how to get there. Okay. But it can definitely happen. All right. Well, I, I'm hopeful, too. It's just, you know, looking at things... You just got to find the right venue. There's a lot yeah. of things that play... 
in importance of how to get that again. I mean, can you duplicate it exactly? No, because that's its own special thing. Mm-hmm. But something that kind of gives you that vibe again, yes, you can definitely. I, I believe so. Some people might say, no, not today, the way things are now, and the kids, and no. I think you can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I, I hope, hope someone I hope does so. It. I hope so, too. Let's just say this. I mean, you know, it's... 2023 New York City is a very expensive uh, place yeah. to live if you decide to live here. So that's why, you know, that's why I'm a little hesitant yes. to be I hopeful. But I am hopeful. Well, let's put it in the universe now. <laughs> exactly. For all that are listening, we want something like that again right. in New York City. Whoever right. has yeah. the... Because somebody has the knowledge. Whoever has some extra funds to... Funds, Hello. Because you know, venue is important. And you got to find the right venue. I go to a lot of places. Obviously, you do as well. A lot of nice places, but they're different. Yeah. You know, so will it work there? I don't know, but. We'll we'll find a way. Somebody's listening. Somebody knows how to do it. And if not now or like for the time that we are there, maybe in the future, in the near or in the far future. I would love for people today to experience something like that. Really? Yeah. Because it was so powerful that it literally made me drop out of school. Just to be, I used to go every Wednesday night to the bar, and then Thursday, just couldn't get up to go to school. And as time went on, doing that for a week, not that I had bad grades, Mm -hmm. but you're missing too many days of school, and Mm because of that, you know, you got to (laughs) go. Oops. (laughs) Luckily, it worked out for me because I was able to, you know, do what I do today, but that's how special that was. That's crazy. And I would love for people of today to experience something like that because in the 90s, even today with like a lot of super clubs that are out there, we had all that here. Mm-hmm. That was all here in the 90s. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I would love for that to be in 2023, 2024, or 2020, <laughs> or 2030. Just come back. Just at some even point. Even if I can't be there, but somebody make it happen. Okay, cool. Um, as far as the dancing go, you uh, you've mentioned it briefly earlier. What is how do you see it today? Like obviously you 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 tour a lot, you you play a lot. Maybe maybe you don't get to see all these dance competitions in yeah, person, right? But you see it online. online There's millions of videos flowing on Instagram and all these. What do you? Wh- how does it make you feel when you see this? Like kind of like competitive dance or performative dance when you were part of kind of like the creation or like the, what's the right word I'm looking for? Beginning of all the beginning, The yeah. beginning of it, yeah. Uh, so I can only go by what I see on YouTube because when I travel, it's not like I get to see a lot of places where mm-hmm. the house dance is prevalent. But of what I can see, my initial thought is, wow, look how global this thing became. When this was just something we just did because we loved it, nobody was really, we were just, the only people watching you was us watching each other. To Mm -hmm. see it now, how it expanded, that's incredible. Mm -hmm. And it makes me also proud to see that, because I'm sure house dancing, let's say in the 90s, was in a lot of places in America. But if you weren't there, you just didn't know what was going on. Mm -hmm. But when I see, like, house dancing internationally, it's like, man, New York's influence is humongous. Mm -hmm. 
It really is. I mean, yeah, no, for sure. I, I can only speak about the NYC influence, but when I see it now, I'm like, man, everywhere you go, it's really the New York style of house dance that's been gravitated to. So yeah. that makes me happy. Yeah. Yeah. As far as the contest and stuff, I'm not there, so I don't know. I think for something like that, I, I, I prefer to be there. Yeah, I want to feel no. the energy. I want to feel what's actually going on. It's definitely different. Yeah, than, than watching yeah. it on a... I can only watch it for so long, you know, but if I'm there now, I'm soaked up in it. So mm. I can't really comment on that side of things. I came up more as a club mm-hmm. dancer. I didn't really come up as like in, you know, contest was the, the new party, you know, mm. that wasn't really mm. for me. Conference had contest, but it was a party also. So right. it was different and it was the beginning of that. But I'm more of a club. Just let's go dance at the club to the music. Mm-hmm. So it's hard for me to adapt to the new stuff of now. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm not, I'm not really involved in dance as much anymore, so I'm not really aware but do you, of a lot of it. Do you like playing for, well, obviously, I know you like playing for dancers, but do you like playing for dance competitions? Because Yeah. Okay, cool. Because, yeah. I mean, I know you. I've done it before. Shout out to Noe and uh, Damien for You've done yeah. it before, Blueprint, right? Blueprint. Or or the no, house I didn't dance do Blueprint. No? no, you played Blueprint, the, party. Play the party. Got it. I did it for the conference. Whenever there was contests, we would be the ones playing music. Right. I've done it for no, yeah, only the conference. But yeah, I do like that. Okay. Yeah. Cool. See if they can dance to what I'm gonna throw down. Exactly. On. Exactly. Yeah. Because I feel I usually like, like playing the classics, the classic do? house stuff to see how they dance to it i mean i'll play new things but i when i was doing that i used to like playing older stuff more oh. so than modern music when it came to contests and stuff oh, okay. that's just my thing though i want to hear more dj q doing those contests to be honest yeah with maybe you. one day i mean man. I, I i know people do play it certain people do play your, your tracks but i want to hear more of it um speaking of production what's coming up next do you do you have anything coming out um, as far as like your own productions on your labels or working on other people's stuff? So after the pandemic, that kind of like slowed me mm-hmm. down a lot because I was, you know, we was all locked up in the house mm-hmm. and I'm the type of person that I need inspiration to work on music today. I'm not like I used to be where I could just go home and turn it on and let's, mm-hmm. when I started. So being that I was inspired, it kind of slowed everything down and then this year is when I started to work on music again. Yay. So 2020, 20, so my last record that I put out came out March of 2020. Two weeks before the country shut down. Wow. When Trump said, shut all the airports, shut everything. So that will always be a special record for me in my catalog. Mm-hmm. But then after that, I kind of just mm-hmm. shut it down for a few years. So now you got back last into Last year I did a remix or two. Mm-hmm. And now this year is when I started working back on original production. Mm. So I'm hoping for next year more so, 2024, I'll start releasing again. Let's see. Okay. It all depends, you know, because things are different now after the pandemic. Because before the pandemic, we was just on the road nonstop, putting music out nonstop. After the pandemic, it makes you realize a lot of things. And I don't know if I want to go that fast again anymore, you Mm. know. So... We'll see. I'm shooting yeah. for 2024 as far as my original production. Okay. I, I, I just started now, but right now I'm just doing sketches. You know, I'm not in the mindset, okay, I got to create something to release it. It's just 
if it happens, it happens, you know. It's different now, yeah, yeah different. for sure. Where you, um, you know, there's people who, af- <laughs> after the pandemic, <laughs> when I say that, it's funny because we just, before the interview, we just talked about COVID in 2023, but, um, so it's still around, but were you um, one of the people that immediately went back out when things started to open again or were you more like one a little bit more hesitant as far as like oh let me see i'm not quite sure how i feel about being around that many people already yep, you know that was, was you <laughs> i started again this year oh wow okay yeah. okay and the last year into this year i didn't do nothing 2020 2021 or 2020 mm-hmm. i did like one thing here or there in the states mm-hmm. this is the first year i said all right let's go let's start going back to europe Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. Well, I kind of like to, once everything opened up, I kind of like being home for some reason. Yeah. Yeah. So it was good. That's cool. Well, we're looking forward to hearing you play also more in the States or like I should say more in New York because I know every time we wanted to make it happen, I was like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm in Detroit. I know you play in Detroit also frequently. So um, hopefully more dates in New York or in the Yeah, I'm taking this one but then I start back in September and the first party will be here. Okay, cool, yeah. cool. And um, you, you already mentioned your production will be back hopefully in 24. We'll see what or happens. We'll see what happens. Um, I'll always be working. Is Will I release something at okay, this point? Okay, okay. You, know? you keep it, it in a vault. It's feel right, yeah. Okay, that makes sense, yeah. One question that I ask, one question that I ask everybody is, I asked them for three tracks um, that has a special meaning related to dance in some way or another. And I'm sure you have millions, but are there three that you can think of at the top of your head? Um, mm. Whether you, you were a kid, exactly, or whether that was you playing one or you dancing to one. If I had to say when I was a kid, like preteen kid, set it off by... Okay. Stra- what's yeah. his name? Strafi? Stra- 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 something like that. Mm, exactly. I think that is a perfect club record right there. When I was a kid, I loved that. Uh, another special song, Johnny Hammond Gears, Conquistadores Chocolate. You oh, know yeah. that one? Yes, I do. That's, that's a special song right there. And number three, <sighs> Can I give you four? Yeah, of course. I'm going to break the rules real quick. <laughs> Stevie Wonder, All I Do. Oh, shit, I yeah. Because I'm a big Stevie Wonder fan. And sorry, I'm going to have to give you five. New Yorkan Soul, The Nervous Track, and The Buckethead's Woo. I don't know if you know that one. I don't think I know the woo. It's actually called woo. That's really how it's pronounced, but. Okay. W-H-E-W, Bucketheads. I'm sure if you hear it, you'll know it. I'm going to have to do the Googles right now. those five records right there. Five. Okay, now we have to. I might have to start doing five now, now that you broke the rule. But thank you. Three wasn't enough. That wasn't. No, I hear you. I hear you. It's very difficult, especially when, you know, it's like a, yeah. But thank you for those five suggestions. But also thank you for the whole interview and for taking the time. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Is there anything that you want to get off your chest that I haven't asked you? I'm sure that we can, you know, there's many Mm -hmm. things I haven't asked you, but just something that you wish um, you want to say. I just want to say if you're into music, if you're doing music, make sure you do it because you love it. 
that, that has to be, especially the music we're into. Uh, live the music and follow me on Instagram. No, I'm just <laughs> no, exactly. See, that's another thing. F- follow, follow him on what is your Instagram? Instagram at DJQ. So it's at okay. DJ underscore QU. DJQ. QU. Yeah. Oh, and um, one more question that I had. Uh, your the name of your label. What was the idea behind it? Strength Music Recording. I don't know. If something just told me pick something simple. Just keep it simple. Don't try to be too creative mm-hmm. with it. And that's how it just formed, Strength Music Recordings. It's almost like, you might be like, really? But it was almost like that name had like a certain spiritual guidance. It came as to you. As simple as it is, mm-hmm. it was more like of a spiritual guidance that kind of told me mm-hmm. this is what the name is going to be. Okay, dope. And even if you look at the label, it's not flashy and artwork or things like that. It's just. Keep it as basic as possible mm-hmm. when you need to. Make it flashy when you need to. Keep it basic when you need to. Okay. But yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Got you. It. Thanks for the question. You're very welcome. No, I needed to know. I'm very uh, and, and like you say, it's not flashy. But it kind of sticks a little bit. But it sticks, but also like strength is like okay, you can see the strength and just like yes. but it releases itself. Just it's yeah. there. Because if you look at this is, I mean, I don't want to make this a long story but if you look at what happened when i started the label and what it took for me to actually start getting my music distributed then i see how the word strength plays in because Mm. it was not easy Mm -hmm. it wasn't like i started the label and i was off to the races that's why i mentioned before if you go online you'll see some people write up Strength started in 2009 by DJQ, even though it started in 2005. Oh, wow. But in them years, oh, man. Headaches. Headaches. A lot of spent money trying to get it going, that mm-hmm. things weren't working. And then finally, yeah, it took, you had to be strong to go through that because I know probably at least 50, 60% of people that went through that would probably be like, yeah, let's call this quits. Mm-hmm. But I just stayed on it. So when I look back now, I'm like, yeah, that. That was spiritually given. I know it was. Because if it was left up to my own mind, yeah, I would have tried to come up with some crazy code type of, (laughs) you know. Yeah. yeah. That's dope. Thank you for for clarifying that. I appreciate it. And uh, once again, thank you. And find uh, not just the Instagram. We said that. What's the website? Do you have a website of your label? Strengthmusicrecordings.com. Mm-hmm. You and can the also bank find, camp. Yep, dot com slash bandcamp. You can find the catalog there. Uh, any other places I want to mention? You can also check out the Strength Music Recording YouTube page where there's a couple of cool dance videos that I think people would like that I pulled out of the archives and said, let me pull these up. I'm sure you've probably seen one of the practice at Faisal's, right? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah, off the Strength yeah, Music yeah. page. So oh, all my dancers, check that out. Yeah. You can cool. also listen to the catalog there on YouTube as well. Okay, no. Yeah. That's, cool. I think that's it. All right. All thank, on my you. Part. thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. No, thank you for Appreciate having it. the time. Good luck with the podcast. Thank you.